Welcome to No Major Opinions, Episode 6. I'm Lurk Chan. I am Nagleria. And I am Dark Aries. What's been up? We missed the month of May for our May episode, and then we didn't even announce anything about it, so sorry about that. But we are now back, um, so welcome back. You mean March, right? Well, it was last month, right? Yeah, yeah. March. Yep. I meant March. <laughs> are you, are you going to edit that out or just keep it in? I'm going to keep it in, probably. Okay. Aries, what's been new since March? What's been new since March? Um, I bought a capture card that I got, like, last week and didn't install yet, but um, there are some uh, PCI Express kind of, like, composite in his video capture cards on AliExpress for, like, 20 bucks, and I bought one so I can test it to see if it'd be maybe a good recommendation for people looking for capture cards that would do that but i just haven't gotten around to it yet um i bought new-ish headphones uh, and by newish i mean there were 50 dollars on kijiji they're the bayer dynamic dt 770s the studio edition but only one side works and the ear pads are pretty grimy but i'm hoping that you know i already have new pads coming in I'm hoping I can get the other side working, but if I can't, they'll just still be kind of good um, headphones to use during NASA events that kind of just monitor the stream and stuff like that when we eventually get back to that. And um, it was tax season. I ended up not owing the government thousands of dollars like I thought for uh, CERB, which is um, the COVID money thing that the government was giving if you basically can't work because your job relies on people. And uh, because of my good saving habits, I rewarded myself with spending a lot of money, and I got myself a Ricoh GR3 Street Edition, which is basically a pocket camera with a very nice sensor, and I also plan to use it as like a webcam uh, for myself and during NASA events. So yeah, I bought stuff to use for stuff. It's been... That's been my stuff. Nice. Hey, Larry, how about you? What's been new since March? Uh, finished third year of school. Nice. Nice. With the t- free time, I fucking started playing Factorio again, which is dangerous. <laughs> uh, other than that, not much, really. That's cool. That's cool. I have uh, gotten some new things in for like my 3D printer and like... I'm such a genius. I mounted the bracket for it wrong, like upside down. <laughs> so it wasn't so it wasn't going below the hot end of the printer. And I was so confused as like, what do you mean? It's like built for it. And of course, it's because it's upside down. So I uh, finally got that figured out after a while. And uh, I also started speedrunning a new video game as of recently, Atole Princess, with an E at the end for some reason, uh, for the Sharp X68000. It's an exclusive for that system, computer system, Japanese computer system. Uh, And it turns out you can go really fast because you get these shoes in the second level. And then when you jump and then hold down the jump button again and you land, you like start dashing and you get like these like shadow frames of yourself behind you. You go really, really quick. So it's been fun. There's a lot of like quick kills with the uh, bosses where you activate a special by holding down your attack and then like it charges up and then you let it go. And uh, you, like, stand inside of the enemy's hitboxes and just let all the projectiles hit them as much as possible. So, it's been nice. It's been fun. 
What do we got for news for North American Speedrunner Assembly? Submissions are open. Yeah, that, that's a big one. We announced them. I can't even remember when we announced them, but they're closing. I don't even remember when they're closing. <laughs> uh, so supposedly we opened them on April the 17th. The event is happening June 4th to the 6th, so that one weekend. And the submissions close May 1st. There's still a week left for submissions. We'll see uh, what people submit and what will get into the marathon. Yeah, assuming I can get the edit done quick enough for there to actually still be a week left. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, this is our replacement for NASA 2021 because we had to cancel the in-person event again because of COVID. But... NASA 2022 is going to be in the same place. So eventually we're going to do NASA 2020. It's going to happen. Honestly, I'm pretty sure people are so kind of over online events. Like I am kind of over online events. There's been so many of them. Everyone basically shops around their same speed game to all the marathons. So like it, it. before you might have noticed that there was like one person and they would submit like their one speed game and it would be in all the marathons that they kind of submitted. But now because there's so many more marathons, there's so many more marathons that those people submit to. And it's just like information kind of overload and kind of done with it all. Just seeing the same stuff over and over again. That's I'm, I'm hoping that there's going to be a lot of unique submissions for NASA 2021 just to kind of spice things up. Things are a lot more interesting when people have newer speed games and stuff, so... Yeah, definitely. And I will talk about burnout a little bit later in the episode, but that's definitely a part of it. Online marathon burnout. Yeah. Uh, speaking of online marathons, though, we do have also submissions open for uh, Two Worlds uh, shenanigans. Gamer House HD. We want Gamer House HD. I don't know anything about this marathon other than that it's Gamer House and that the advertisement he posted had like one of those rubber uh, horse heads on it. Is that what... The is that what's in the picture? I didn't even... That's what... Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 it is. It is. Okay. I understand now. That's actually kind of clever. That's the only thing I could tell in the, in, the, in the thing. I know nothing else about the marathon other than that, and that submissions are open. Also live right now is Speed Docs. Yeah. So they have... Um, their launch party is live right now. By the time this gets released, it'll probably be soon over or over. They released their Legend of Zelda Wind Waker speedrun documentary that goes over kind of like the history of Wind Waker speedrunning. So they've decided to do a launch party marathon for it where there was also a watch party of the documentary. I actually helped out uh, with that event. They're kind of using um, our speed our marathon kind of set up for it with the remote computer and OBS and all that stuff. And uh, I helped code their layouts which means that I also did some improvements that will then be used for the NASA 2021 layouts. I didn't get to catch their whole documentary, but I got to watch a good part of it, and uh, super interesting. People should give it a watch. And our last bit of NASA-related news is we did a Puzzle General rebroadcast. Yeah, so I, I can, again, speak kind of more towards that. So Puzzle General has had their Tetris Attack tournament, speedrun tournament, ongoing. And by the way, the production value on that is pretty, pretty legit. Cards of the Heart has done a lot of work into, um, like, for example, in Tetris Attack, 
the background color on the difficulty menu changes depending on the difficulty you select. And in the group stages, there was kind of like some meta thing because the loser would pick the next difficulty that they would speedrun because it was a best of five and there's four difficulties to pick from. So the loser would pick the next difficulty they speedrun. And depending on what difficulty is chosen, the background animation and the layout changes to match that too. So you basically kind of inherently know what difficulty they're playing beyond the text label. There's like the winning animations, like the the person who win the star kind of explodes and then is in the little score tracker. Like there's a lot going on with that tournament. And they finished their group stages and there was like a break, uh, a week-long break just so people could get like a breather and they could start scheduling the quarterfinals. And I figured, you know, more people should maybe check out the tournament. So we asked permission of the rest of the gang there and asked permission of the NASA gang here and we rebroadcasted the tournament. And I think there was a, a good amount of people who got introduced to the tournament. So it, you, you can't go wrong with just introducing people to more good speedrun content. So, Right on. So upcoming events. What do we got upcoming? Uh, after doing kind of the looksy look on uh, Hararo and Onegas and all that stuff, GTA Marathon is uh, going to be live soon, I believe, uh, in a little over a week. And the GTA Marathon crew consists of people like Zotan and English Ben, who are really cool people. They actually helped us out with uh, NASA 2020 kind of layout stuff and hosting and all that stuff. So, you know, really cool marathon. Um, Licensethon has their submissions open, which is a marathon solely for licensed video games. So like movies, TV shows, and all that stuff. And uh, really, really longathon also has open submissions. On the topic of licensed games, I'd really like to see a, a marathon that's like composed exclusively of games chosen by Macaw. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. Macawthon. Macawthon. <laughs> It could even do like a. It could be like a mystery tournament. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could be good. People would be playing like like early two thousands mobile games or PC ninety eight games. You don't know what you're gonna get. Now that is an interesting thought. I really like that idea. Shit, want to do it for NASA twenty twenty two? Hopefully in person. We'll put it on the list of things to do, and then if we actually do it, is a very different question. It's like the elusive second stream. Always within reach, but we just never have everything aligned to do it. So some speed running news. Main one that, that that caught my eye at least. Well, there's two, but first one is the changes coming up to speedrun.com. There's some shenanigans with their ads where they're rolling them out now for even logged in users and stuff like that. Kind of whack. Not that I see ads anyways, because I use ad blockers, but what the fuck? Yeah, and... um. It, it it's not just like one ad or two because I don't think people really complain about that, especially because I believe there used to be one or two ads, but they were more curated, and like very curated in a sense that they would have some sort of speedrunning relevance or video game relevance. Now it's just like pure on AdSense stuff, and there was like five or eight ads on a single page. To the point where it was a nuisance even being like a leaderboard moderator and stuff because it kind of blocked your ability to click things and stuff like that. It it was really abhorrent looking at uh, screenshots people were sharing on Twitter and stuff about Wait, it. Wait, were there ads on like 
moderation editing a game page because that would just be like hilarious it's basically the 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 top the right like the whole right hand side column and uh part of the left i think like wherever ads were they stayed on every single page so it doesn't matter what you were doing on the website there was ads everywhere at least from what it looks like um was going on i also use ad blockers so you know, I, I there are sites and content that I disable my ad blocker for. I don't. But with the, just in recent speedrun.com, I don't know. They aren't on my whitelist. I usually just don't white whitelist anything because it's like odds are if you if you do that even like a little bit too much, you will get malware. Yeah, I also think ads are just sort of un- unethical. I'm not looking for advertisements when I'm trying to find like a speedrun time. Fuck off. I, I don't know if I would call them unethical. I guess it's because it's like a lot. A lot of people that might be interested in speedruns are kids, potentially. Uh, so it's like advertising towards kids. I'd say is definitely unethical. Yeah, I mean, advertising is a whole. Is it just a whole discussion? I just don't like it when I when I go to find a certain piece of content and they throw up unrelated like like advertisement content to me, and that's not what I'm looking for. Yeah, I like like if a website does their advertising like tastefully, and I really enjoy their content. I will whitelist it because gen- generally that means like the ad is not right in your fucking face. It's very like subtle, like this is an ad, but you, like it's not the biggest thing there. It's like maybe just a tiny portion or something. And it it's not auto-playing videos because that was one of the ad types that was on speedrun.com and probably still is. We're auto-playing videos, which are the fucking worst advertisement. I swear to God, whoever invented those, like sledgehammer to the face and lose your teeth for six generations because they are the worst. Yeah, they could have like you're watching a video, you have it set at a certain volume, and the ad is like ten times louder. Yeah, and then it's kind of nice that um, with the auto playing, web browsers specifically had to implement auto muting a video because ads were so bad that you would just go to a web page and there would just be random noises playing, and sometimes they still do. The fact that we had to like change the way our web browsers work because the ads are that bad, there's definitely a problem. I remember it was like it was a quote from one of the not Alan Turing, but another one of the really early like people making computers is that like what they were like once these get more personalized, I imagine like the first thing they'll do is write like code to prevent advertisements from being shown. <laughs> it's like yeah, they 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 knew their shit even like seventy years ago. So okay, so I just actually holy shit. Okay, I just turned off my ad blocker on speedrun.com. Okay, just for like first hand proof. So at the very top, there's a banner. On the very right hand side, I have an auto playing video for UFC Canada. I then have underneath that another auto playing ad for UFC. And then in the bottom corner, which scrolls with the page and blocks off the bottom half of the speedrun. Because you know how on speedrun.com there's the little camera to click to watch the VOD of the person's PB on the leaderboard? Half of those are blocked off because there's a fucking Xbox autoplaying video ad right now there. And I can't even find the X button to get rid of it right now. So yeah, this is, this is fucking atrocious. And there's been uh, some other changes as well, some smaller stuff. Like I noticed that they have like a more tab at the top of their navigation and they used to have like a podcast section and some other stuff that I forget was there, but they've removed the majority of it. Who's got the info for the Mario Bros record? Cause I don't, I know it happened. Um, uh, nif- nifty. 
Niftrosky, yeah. Niftrosky. Nif- Nifty. They changed their name, yeah. On oh, emulator with a keyboard controller. It's supposed to be, like, really close to the TAS, right? Or, like, as close as people said was, like, human... Yeah, like... Yeah. Humanly possible. Yeah, like, the the human realistic TAS, or whatever it's called. I think, um, the only thing they could do is save, like, one more frame. But I think somebody might have also already done it now. So, yeah, the the thing that people thought a human would never reach, basically, a human reached it. Which is pretty big news because uh, that game is pretty decompiled speedrun wise to the point, um, you know, when you start have to counting in frames and you have to bring in frame rules and all that stuff, y- you know, things are tight on the leaderboards. And in terms of like, yeah, just video games, it's like one of the most notorious games. Well, that's pretty cool. Congratulations to what was it again? Nifki? Nif- Niftrosky. Nif- Niftsky is how the Niftsky is how yeah. the thing says it is. Nifty. Got it. Yeah. Nifty. <laughs> and another bit of news is that Dragon Quest continues to be broken. First it was the hot plate and now it's some other shit. Yeah, so um they came at this point it must just be like the community memeing and trying to figure out what ridiculous ways they can beat the game. But the way that they figured it out now is that um they they get to a certain point in the game where like a text box is open and then like they pull the cartridge out and they put in, like, fucking Kirby or something, and then they pull that out and put the game back in, and they pull that out and put, like, Dr. M- like, they're swapping game carts around between, like, two, three different games because the, the, the games kind of access the memory values in different ways, and swapping the games like this while the game is running, I, or there might be a soft reset. In, in either case, like, the game is still functioning. It, like, the console's still on and everything. And swapping all these games and, and like, cha- going to, like, level 20 in, or whatever it is in Dr. Mario and stuff like that changes the memory uh, in Dragon Quest. So when you put the Dragon Quest cart back in, uh, and I think, like, you move and, like, start up another text box, the, it goes to the end credits. So we, we've now gone beyond, like, uh, arbitrary code execution to just, like, fuck this game's code, we're using other games' codes. Isn't that, wouldn't that just be a subset of arbitrary code execution? Yeah, because, I mean, I mean, it's kind of iffy because at least the way that I understand arbitrary code execution is that you're using the game itself to code what you want it to do. But in this case, you are, you're using a different game, which just takes the same kind of information and runs it in its own way. So you're not really arbitrary code execution you're you're using building blocks that are already made right so it, it yeah but the, like, it would that probably would still be a subset, subset of arbitrary. yeah it would probably still be a subset and of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right you're right all right and our last piece of news is the esa whistleblower <laughs> which may or may not be sven we'll see but uh uh this is someone who called into question esa's finances uh between what was it like this year and last year or was it 2019 and 2020 it it was the most recent year because i i believe it was um i believe because they are a corporate entity technically their tax filings are public Mm -hmm. so you could um go to the swedish government websites and look up their income and stuff like that because it's publicly reported right 
And so they were saying or trying to blow the whistle on essentially Edenall and Planks taking in a bunch of money specifically as the only two ESA employees and saying that they were sort of disenfranchising or screwing their volunteers out of money um, be, you know, because they had to do a save ESA type of donation drive at one point. And how could they do that when they've increased the salaries of their only two employees? And so that was kind of, at least that's what I understood to be the uh, the crux of the blow or of the, the whistle blow. Yeah, I mean, this was a, it's kind of weird because um, cause a lot of it is kind of drama baity. But I think, first off, a lot of people learned that ESA is like a business. They're these uh, Edenal Planks, um, and I honestly forget Edenal's wife's name. But she's also an employee. She's like the business side. Like if anybody watches Linus Tech Tips, you know how there's like Linus and then there's Yvonne, who's Linus's wife, and she does all the finances and accounting and everything else. Kind of same situation with ESA. And I think Enel actually mentioned that they have a fourth employee doing something. So the the finances there are for four employees, it turns out. Because there's a lot of there were a lot of people going like, oh, this is a lot of money to split like for like one person, and no, it's actually getting split multiple ways. And once you do the very basic math on that, it's a honestly kind of standard-ish living wage maybe not even because i don't know what people normally get paid for that kind of work because at the end of the day it is a lot of in um, sweden too yeah and at the end of the day it's a lot of like kind of av uh conference event style technology work right like they're putting on events and stuff like that and that is literally how they get paid to put food on the table this is their only job as far as we know so I I think people were aghast about that. Well, there was some question as to like whether or not they should have gone full time into ESA in the first place and stuff when they could have spread it around or give people free tickets or done this and that when, you know, they're trying to put out these break the record events and and shit, you know, they've got contracts with Twitch and they have like a live arcade now, don't they too? Yeah, I mean, A, um Hindsight's twenty twenty. If COVID didn't happen, I'm sure a lot of people wouldn't have done the decisions that they were going to do. I really don't know what to say to people being mad that somebody's making money and they aren't. Because, like, if we want to bring up GDQ, like, GDQ makes money as well. The the pay, There's paid staff positions there, and they also get paid money. I don't see anybody outraged about the fact that they're making money. And they also have free um, volunteers and everything like that. But somehow that's not a problem. Well, there was outrage, but it was back in the day. It, 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 yeah, it reminds me of how, yeah, like, uh, years ago it was like, there was a lot of people who just viewed it as, like, profiting off of, not just speedrunning, but, like, video game streaming in general. They viewed it as unethical. And now we have Twitch.tv. Oh, you know, that was still on Twitch. I was like, people, like, they, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it was more like it was like the charity aspect of it where there was because the charity was paying them to put on the event to raise money for charity. And so they were like, well, why aren't they just using all of that money for charity instead of paying the employees and all the employees or whatever could just stay volunteers. And, and then it's all strictly a charity. Thing, I mean, you know? it's still it was it's mostly bullshit. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's unreasonable. I yeah, think people yeah. don't understand that, you know, yes, things are for charity. This doesn't mean that literally every single thing is free because I've worked on charity events when I when I was still actually working, not COVID, right? 
and a you have all the you have the the employees of the the charity right okay they need to plan everything find sponsors and stuff like that and a sponsorship doesn't mean like oh i will do everything for 100 percent free no it can mean that you'll maybe get a severe discount but there's also the fact that like okay if you're using my services like i still have employees that i have to pay so you know maybe the product is free but i still need costs of labor because i need like a team of people to show up for your event or whatever right like somebody still has to get paid to do this nobody's going to go like massively in the hole you at least want a return of your labor costs so so that's a cost right there there's also the fact that there is marketing costs if you're raising a if you're doing a fundraiser you need to make sure that people realize you have a fundraiser so now you have all this social media and marketing costs that has to go to somewhere as well. So just because something's for charity and it's like quote unquote free, there's a lot of back end costs that are associated with this. People be mad that people be making money and they're not is basically how I sum up the situation. It's gonna hate anyone. Hate people. Hate people like Jeff Bezos and shit like that who have like predatory corporate practices driving people into poverty. Well, shall we discuss some recommendations? Yes. I'll start as a recommendation. I want to actually recommend people watch the the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which is the new Mighty Ducks TV show on Disney Plus. For whatever reason, a lot of I've I've heard kind of negative uh, thoughts on it. Of course, um, I don't know if these people have actually watched it or not. So there's some people who just like vehemently oppose uh, reimaginings or sequels of beloved things that they used to watch. But me and my brother have been watching it, and we actually really enjoy it. It seems like there's a bit of some history being changed. Um, like, for example, the the Ducks are like the late, the biggest and greatest team. And, you know, they've won so many trophies in the past couple of years. But then, you know, if you've watched the first movie, you'll realize that even the amount that they're touting that they have is less than the Hawks had in the first movie, which was the biggest and greatest team before the Mighty Ducks were made. So it's it's kind of a little bit weird in that, but there's a lot of good um, character development that goes on, especially between like the the kids and everything like that. And the show is very kind of self aware as well. the The main character um, character's mom, uh, who is kind of really annoying, but like they explain that in the show. the The characters are very aware in the fact that she is annoying. Like other characters pointed out, and it's like, do you always have to do this? So it it's not one of those where it's like this character is annoying and nobody's talking on it and i really freaking hate it it's no 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 these characters have flaws and other characters realize that they have flaws and and it just kind of makes it more natural when things don't get kind of swept under the rug and honestly i just think it's pretty enjoyable so far at least the 5 episodes that we've watched so far there's probably still going to be more i don't know how many but however much season 1 has but it's ongoing, and I really enjoy the show. Cool. Nagleria, what are you recommending? Fuck it. I don't really have a recommendation, so I'll just say uh, go watch a movie with Nicolas Cage, because they're funny. All right, which Nicolas Cage movie, though, should they pick first? Uh, Drive Angry. I don't think Con I've actually Air. watched that one. Con Air I definitely have watched multiple times. Put the bunny down. Drive Angry or Con Air, yeah. They're both, they're both quality. It's just, Con Air is so good. So good. All right. Well, my recommendation would be to uh, give Dominion Tank Police a watch. 
It's a uh, older anime. Ooh, what's it about? It's about the police who use tanks to enforce the law. All right, I'm sold. Are are they good guys? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's it's it, it it's a comedy anime, so they think they're helping. Mm. It's also set in the future. Kind of like Team America World Police. Yeah, but even more in the future. Like, think more like Ghost in the Shell. Like, right. there's like legit cat girls in it. Okay. And also like cyborg looking people, you know, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's 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 definitely distant future, but also from the eighties, you know. So it was really funny. All right. So for our uh, question and answer section, we don't have any questions right now. We also missed last month's episode, so it's kind of understandable. We also had the gigantic speed awards, and we got a whole bunch of responses for that one. So, uh, thanks again for that. And um, if you missed that episode, um, it was pretty damn long. So, we did so many awards, but um, we do have our link at the bottom of we're probably wherever you're listening at for our uh, Q and A link, which is just a Google form. Fill that out if you have any questions for us. But we do have a question for for y'all. Which is, we're thinking about, or at least I was thinking about, getting back into doing some interviews for some of our episodes. Uh, in the past, we've done, like, Omnigamer and other folks, um, and we just want to see who you would like to see on the podcast. Is there anybody that you would feel interested in any of the three of us, or any of our other hosts, in talking to? Let us know. So, moving on to the main topic, which is burnout in speedrunning. Although really, I guess, kind of more generally, since it's, it, it can really be affected by multiple different things and mediums and whatnot, but we've mentioned before in the episode about burnout as it specifically relates to online marathons, and I know I'm, I've been feeling that specifically. I don't know what, what to do with the typical online speedrun marathon format that would spice it up in any way to make it better, other than having like personalities and folks that people already want to see regardless of the fact that they would be on a speedrun stream or not which makes it like not intrinsically necessarily about the speedrunning which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it's like i don't know how else you spice it up yeah that's been one of the um the annoying parts of not being able to do an in-person marathon and i'm sure we're not the only ones who have that sentiment there's a lot of things that you'd like to do with on-site things with people and uh, like physical interactions with things and everything else and you just can't and there's only so much that uh, you can do virtually so that like i said online marathons have been kind of meh for me recently there's not too too much that um kind of spice it up um actually the, the polish speedrun marathon uh, i was in was probably the last speedrun i actually did as well which was tetris effect connected and i think i did that in march but um for me, like that marathon was interesting for to me, uh, mainly because a, it's in Polish, a language that I don't really get to speak often, except for with my family, and you know, it, it, it it's kind of it it's really interesting being able to speak that with other people and having people like listen to you. It, it I don't know it, it that part of my brain just kept like firing, and I was reading donations as well, so. You know, there's words that I've potentially never had to read before, but I knew what they are and I have to figure out, okay, that's how they actually sound and stuff like that. I also had my own speedruns and I kind of spiced things up with it because such as if I connected as a super kind of cool soundtrack. So I put up like a blanket. I hung it with like my two tripods 
uh, for photography. And then I had um, the lights. Um, if you've noticed for in NASA, actual NASA events, I have lights that we put on curtains and stuff. And they, they're just colors. But they have a microphone that they'll change to the beat. So whenever there was like a, a clap or something in the song, was in soundtracks, the background music would change as well. So kind of like whenever piece drops and stuff. So that was kind of interesting to me. But beyond that, like my brain just, when there's new things, that's when you're most interested and that's when you're like motivated to do things. That's why people who have jobs that constantly like keep them challenged, um, they'll stay at their job. And if they're not being challenged, they move on to different places of employment and stuff like that. So that's why it's like, I don't get how people can just, continuously speed around the same game over and over and over and there has to be some other drive going on there well there's still do things being found in those games right so it's not necessarily that they're just doing the same route or some games are just super freaking long you know they're like over an hour like uh i'm thinking about orcarina of time 100 percent. like that get that time has come way down you know, I'm thinking about someone like ZFG who's been speedrunning the same game for super long. But he's been doing, like, new things, new categories, different stuff, different routes, you know, trying different routes. So, I don't know. He's been, he's been spicing it up still. Yeah, and it differs per person. Like, some people, they won't have a problem doing the same thing. That's, like, their shit. Mm -hmm. For me, it's like when I burn out, I kind of, like, stop playing it forever. Somewhat, like, uh, Sonic 1, I haven't really played uh, in, like, five years. Same with a bunch of the other older games. I kind of just drop them forever. And it's like, I, I might pick it up again if I feel like it, but I don't know. I think the the game I put the most time into, F-Zero GX, it is like super, super challenging. There's always uh, shit to do. And my I, I, I guess, yeah, I haven't had an update in that game in like a year, but it's still like the least burnout-y game for me. I mean, if you if you have a method of fixing burnout, just not just for games, but you know, motivation for anything in general fucking hit me with that shit. <laughs> yeah, my newest speed game, Atole Princess, with an E at the end, as I mentioned before. And, like, that's a console that I don't really get to use much. I own it, but, it, like, it's hard to hook up because it's, like, in shambles a, a little bit right now. Yeah, I think you brought it to the last NASA event we had, right? To kind of test it out. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's kind of, it's not plug and play, as far as I remember. Not at all. And I also don't own the floppy disks for the game, so like even if I did that, I'd have to emulate the hard disk image anyways, and then I'd have to like, I, and I have like a thing to emulate floppy disk drives for it, but I don't have it installed yet, so it would just be this whole thing. So the game being exclusive to the Sharp, and then also being really fast and being like a different game than I've run before, because it's, it's kind of like a Zelda-like in ways, and like I've done like a little bit of like a Link's Awakening and some other runs, but like nothing that's like very strictly Zelda ish like maybe zombies ate my neighbors but you know top down perspective but like even still it's not really the same thing so that's been spicing it up for me that's that's what's made it new like the new console and the new like style of game that it is keeps me interested although fuck the final boss holy fuck yeah i think that it's kind of the same with me like i think most people probably know me for my tetris speedruns and it's not that i um don't try to speedrun different games. I've, I've tried to speedrun different puzzle games because puzzle games is main, mainly where it's at with me. I, I, I tried speedrunning a little bit of Minecraft Dungeons when it first came out with those crazy guys. We found kind of like some strats and then a community existed and then they found more strats and then it, they were already kind of, my time was already crap and I was kind of left in the dust and I was like, eh, okay, 
I've already played this game like 10 times and there's not enough kind of interesting stuff for me to keep at it. But with Tetris, there's always some new variation, I guess, that kind of spices things up a little bit. Like, used to do a lot of NES Tetris 100 lines back when uh, SRL was a thing. There was a lot of races of that that I did back in the day. And then Magical Tetris uh, Challenge, which I actually did a race with with FFR Pro, at which point I uh, FFR Pro beat the game. I saw we were behind time, so I basically rage quit. And I'm like, okay, I'd rather rage quit than have the event be more behind on the first day. And then uh, most recently, Tetris Effect connected. And every single one of those has like a different concept that keeps things fresh. Like NES Tetris, a lot of the modern... Um, kind of freebies don't exist. Magical Tetris Challenge has the whole Pentamino thing, so blocks made of five instead of four. And Tetris Effect Connected just has like the cool soundtrack and other stuff. But I, I haven't played that game since my run, so it, and that's basically how all my video game playing goes. It's like I, I get interested in it, I kind of exhaust everything I can do, and I'm like, okay, just next game. That's one of the appeals for the idea I had with the like record stations for for NASA, where people can like get a station and then be there for a couple hours and do some speed runs. You're kind of capturing a moment in time where they are interested in the game and maybe haven't burnt it out because they're taking it to marathons and stuff like that. I actually wonder if like if if having a lack of on-site marathons because of COVID, because that's like another big motivator, like being with people. That's like. A lot of people leave GDQs or NASA and all that shit motivated to be like, oh man, this this got me wanting to play something. Be curious to see um like runs submitted per person on speedrun.com over time. Mm, right, yeah. Because actually what what thinking about it, when people get to like a GDQ or something like that, they'll actually stop running the game after the marathon because it's like, alright, we're done. It kind of sucks though for um, a viewer perspective as well, right? Because you go to the, um, what is the biggest speedrun event, uh, viewership-wise and everything else uh, in general. You have all these people who are like, oh, I didn't know this person runs this game and that they're so cool right? and, you know, they're so fast at the game. And then they go to their stream and then it's not what they kind of advertise themselves to be, quote-unquote. And I don't, I don't know, it's just a weird... The viewer ends up in a weird situation that they didn't expect. I guess, I guess if you're going to compare like e-athletes to real ones, it'd be like following Usain Bolt home after the Olympics and be like, dude, why aren't you running? <laughs> right. <laughs> or just like for people who have like, you know, if they've just like performed the thing, they've done their performance. If they're just like, all right, I need a break. And you're like, entertain me. But I, I could see like uh, something with uh, on site that would be different is that a lot of people can pick up games having like played with people at a on-site events. If you're like mm -hmm. people who like looked at point, saw me playing point blank or some other game where I saw someone playing this. So that maybe want to get into it. Yeah. I've definitely come away from marathons wanting to run other games because of conversations I've had or just, you know, thinking about it while there, like Chrono Trigger was one. That's how I decided on my retirement. Once that's happened. I mean, with on-site events as well, there's the fact that, um, there's kind of no excuse oftentimes like if somebody is running or playing a video game they'll just be like well here try it out right because you know that how long are you going to practice most of the time right so you just like share your controller and then or you try to like explain tricks and stuff like that to the person who's kind of paying attention so there's it's a lot it's very different having 
basically an expert right beside you showing everything how it's done and then being online and needing to rely on resources that may or may not exist and stuff like that. So you can ask a question and basically get it immediately answered. Not every speedrunning community has like super in-depth resources and people that who will instantly kind of like respond to why doesn't this work and stuff like that. So yeah, it's tough when you're more in a bubble. It's nice once we'll be able to get back to like more in-person stuff and get more variety going. I also think it's important not to force yourself into it. Like even if you're like, you know, you just get back from GDQ and you just don't feel like speed running a video game, just don't do it. Fuck it. Yeah, in general, it's like that kind of zombie mindset would just lead to like bad mental health. Yeah, like the princess uh, game that I'm running with the fucking final boss. Like I was practicing it for a good hour and it was just like I was just hitting this plateau where it's like because it's the same pattern every time. So you just have to do it right. And I'm just not doing it right. And so just getting frustrated and at a certain point, I was like, all right, I'm just frustrated. I'm, I'm not going to improve at this point. And I'm just going to burn myself out rather than reach the next plateau of like actually doing it correctly. So let's just stop. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been playing Tetris the Grandmaster recently. I've picked that up again because there was a point where I was practicing it. I have I actually own the arcade PCBs and all that stuff, and I was part of the couch for uh, two of the outings at GDQ as well. But it, it just got to the point where I wasn't really improving, or at least it didn't seem like I was improving. I'm like, I, okay, I'm I, if I'm not improving, why? Like, I guess that's my plateau, right? So I stopped playing for actually a few years, and, I, and now I've picked it back up again. I just kind of play it uh, on my PSP in bed, as there is a arcade to PS1 com- uh, ROM hack conversion available. And you know that practicing it there's points where it's like okay you know i'm improving my my can my times are getting a little bit more consistent like i i'm seeing actual improvement but then you know like when you're starting to dip and dip and you're getting slower and slower there's like okay i'm done for the day because the, there's only so much that i can practice and practicing now isn't gonna make me actually improve if anything it just might make me worse because i'll start building like bad habits and stuff like that right so you, you kind of got to know when to cut it off exactly yeah, otherwise you'll fall off the plateau and then you'll be at a lower level yeah. <laughs> than you were playing before. Yeah. So yeah, burnout sucks. Novelty can really help out in terms of keeping things spicy or trying out a new category, but sometimes with some formats or with some games, there's really only so much you can do. And breaks. Breaks are good too. Take a break. Go outside. Nintendo was not memeing with those messages where it's like, you should maybe go outside. I guess it's a leaving note. I was thinking a lot of speedruns will use Japanese for speed. For Scrabble for high score, you'd want to use Polish, I think? Um, Potentially. Because um, there are a lot of digraphs, which are letters that are made up by two different letters. So you have your RZ, Z, S, J. So there's a lot of uh, digraphs in there. So yeah, you could get some pretty, pretty crazy names and um, crazy words. And they're also a lot longer. There's also a bajillion different ways to say a number. So like the number one would be like jeden, jedinka, jedyny, piersza, pierwo. Like th- there's so many different ways to change the way you say one or first because um, of uh, different gendering and stuff like that. With Yeah, that, that, it would definitely be high up there in uh, bang for buck. Uh, letter to word kind of point stuff for Scrabble. Oh, I have a final thought as well. 
Unless there's anything else to say about Polish Scrabble. Grzegorz Pranszczykiewicz. Well, thank you for that. I'm not, I, I don't think I fully understand, but. But my idea. So, um, what if, and this is maybe dumb, but what if the three of us and or four of us or five of us, depending where Two Worlds and Dark Fox are at, but what if we all chose one game to learn how to speed run and then we did it and then we talked about it next episode in a similar fashion to say how like some podcasts will like they'll all watch the same movie and then they'll talk about it. Ooh, that could be fun. It would have to be something really fucking short. Yeah, yeah, nothing nothing over 30 minutes, I would say. It has to be like like 10 minutes would be like the sweet spot, I think. Yeah. Like me and some folks did a thing way back in the day where it was like we would all learn or we would all route the same game and then we would race it and then we would like route it together was the idea. So it was like route it ourselves, race it and see who has the best route. And then kind of compile all of our notes together into like one big route. But we only did it for Jurassic Park 2 for the Game Boy, which is not a good speed game. <laughs> it was way too long. There's like there's like a 10 minute level or some shit where you're just being chased by a T-Rex. So it's just an auto scroller. But we could find a game that's like actually fun uh, to speedrun and then maybe do it with. I don't know. Just an idea to float. Get that macaw shit started right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, all right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We do appreciate you. Sorry again that we missed May or March or whatever the fuck the month was that we missed. Do either of you guys have, a, have an outro to say? Nah, I got nothing. Word. Yeah, I'm good. All right. 